this is the very first episode of Nature is Gay. This is the podcast, the weekly podcast where we talk about biology beyond the binary. My name is Cameron. I am a sometimes teacher, sometimes scientist, always queer, curious person who is very interested in animal behavior and sexuality. So here we are. In this podcast, we're going to address some common misconceptions about gender and sexual binaries in nature, and along the way, learn some really cool fun facts. And we love a good fun fact here. And uh, let's just get started. Let's do it. Dive on in. This week's topic is kind of the whole reason that I started this podcast in the first place. I was doing some research at work for upcoming potential lesson plans or educational material. So I was looking into, I think maybe for Pride Month, some examples of homosexuality or LGBTQ um, behavior in animals and in the animal kingdom. And I stumbled across this fun fact that I just could not stop talking about and I couldn't stop sharing it with people and it got me so excited and I couldn't find a space that compiled all of this information together about these gender and sexual spectrums within the natural world. I couldn't find that space for that discussion and so I just said, whatever, screw it. I guess I'll be that person and so here we are. I, I'm happy to be here and I hope you enjoy coming coming along for the ride because I am already learning a lot. We're going to start, though, with a little bit of background information on this week's topic, which is domesticated sheep. So the scientific name for domesticated sheep is Ovis Aries, and they have been a part of human society for millennia. Domesticated sheep were one of the first animals that humans ever domesticated. The estimates of that timeline were between 11,000 to 9,000 BC in Mesopotamia, the area we commonly refer to as the Fertile Crescent. So where a lot of the early civilization and development of human culture really started. And nowadays we really associate sheep primarily with wool But when they were first bred, it was actually for their meat, their skin, and their milk. Breeding them for wool didn't actually come until almost 3,000 years after that initial domestication event by some uh, estimates. If you are interested in learning more about domestication and why we domesticated some species and not others, the YouTuber CGP Grey has a really great video about this that's called I think it's called horses versus zebras. And it goes over some of the basics of animal domestication and why we domesticated certain animals over others. And it's very interesting. And I refer back to it all the time. And I share it with anyone I can, as I do with anything that strikes my fancy. But uh, I highly recommend that one. Go check it out. Sheep are ruminants, which means that they graze and chew their cud. So they chew swallow, spit it up, chew, swallow. They have a four-chambered stomach that 
digest through a process of fermentation in their gut. And a lot of the common domesticates that we have are ruminants. So like cows are ruminants and goats are ruminants. And this process, while cool, is kind of disgusting. Um, If you've ever smelled rumen fluid, which is kind of the liquid part of this, you'll know what I mean. It is just, it smells so bad and it's a very unique experience in the worst kind of way. It really, it really is. But it is very cool, the whole, you know, rumination. That's how they get so much energy and can still grow. I mean, a cow is huge with just eating grass or hay or, you know, just roughage and plant material. They use that four-chambered stomach in their gut to just squeeze all of the nutrients that they can out of their food, which is one of the reasons they make such good livestock and why we chose to domesticate them because we don't have to put in so much energy and time and money into feeding them. Their food is readily available and they make good use of it. Like in terms of thermodynamics, it makes the most sense. Male sheep are called rams. Female sheep are ewes and their babies are lambs. Nowadays, they're very cute and fluffy. Like I said, because some breeds, at least I guess some breeds are very fluffy. Different breeds are bred for different reasons. So some are more wool breeds. Some are more meat breeds or bred for their milk. But all of them, in my experience, can be very, very friendly and almost dog-like. They can be target trained and trained to walk on a leash or even trained to walk off of a leash. It's as cute as you would expect. But they do have very strong herd instincts and they tend to stick together and stay in their groups for safety and protection. And many of them are what we call polled. And this is especially common in wool breeds. So polled means they don't have horns and this is how they are born. And the horns don't have anything to do with sexual dimorphism. So both sexes, both males and females will have horns or won't have horns. Even if they don't have horns though, most of the time they'll have kind of a hard bump on their head, kind of like a little keratinized shield almost, or like little kind of nubs. And this protects them when they literally ram each other, head bump, whatever you want to call it. Usually it's playful. Sometimes it's trying to establish those herd hierarchies and social structures. And it can be really silly and kind of soft bumps, or they can really go at it and end up quite bloody and gross. And I mean, they're fine. That's what the, you know, hard hat basically is for, but it is kind of gnarly (laughs) when you see a nice white sheep face and it's just got blood streaming down the front. It's quite metal. But even within the, the sheep breeds that have horns, they don't always have that stereotypical curly ram shape that we think of. One breed called Jacob sheep actually have really wild, just horns growing in all directions. I've seen as many as like six horns on Jacobs that kind of point in all directions. It's very silly. And sheep kind of get a bad rap as far as just these negative associations of being unintelligent or 
boring or timid. Like we think about the words sheep or sheeple or sheepish, which is kind of rude because sheep do have individual personalities and are actually quite intelligent. And like I I mentioned with the target training and maintaining these social structures, that takes some degree of intelligence. And they can also recognize and remember for quite some time, not only the faces of other sheep, but the faces of humans, which again, that takes a certain level of intelligence to be able to recognize the face of another species. Like it's hard to tell the difference between individual sheep for humans. Think about sheep trying to distinguish individual humans. It's, it's really, I think that's really fun and impressive. To get into the heart of this episode and why I started this podcast again, it's, it's all about rams because the image of like a ram, you know, conjures up masculine prowess and virility and power and strength. They're, they're very common mascots for like football teams, like the LA Rams or like Dodge Ram trucks, just kind of this testosterone personified image. But I was very delighted to find that somewhere between 8 to 10% of all domesticated rams display exclusive homosexual behavior in a herd. One in 10 rams will not. They absolutely refuse to mate with ewes even when the ewes are in heat and very willing and ready to go. These rams will only mate with other rams. And there are also bisexual rams who will mate with ewes, but also quite frequently mate with other rams. According to the Merck Vet Manual, as many as 30% of rams will exhibit these bisexual tendencies and display same-sex mating behaviors, which is a lot. That's a lot. And the really interesting thing about this is that, as far as we can tell, is purely sexually motivated. There is no, I, you know, my first thought was, okay, well, they're, it's sociosexual. They are establishing her dominance competing it's got something to do with 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 that like sexual selection but uh, Dr. Charles Roselli is one of the scientists who has done quite a bit of research into the brain structure and chemistry of sheep and has found that it is just kind of it's hardwired into them as far as he can tell there is a region of the hypothalamus that he's found and called the ovine sexually dimorphic nucleus or OSDN and in rams that prefer use so the straight ones they have a larger OSDN these rams but in the rams that have homosexual tendencies or preferences their OSDN is smaller or about the same size as it is in use so their gayness is hardwired into them it has nothing to do with the way that they were reared. It has nothing to do with the dynamics of the group. So if you raise them with all rams or all ewes or a mixed gender, mixed sex herd, 
that doesn't make a difference. It's not about dominance or social rank. It's not competition for females. It is just who they are. It's just the way their brain works, which is very, very cool. And the most compelling thing for me in doing this research was just how normal it is within the sheep rearing community, at least in the in the U.S., it is, unfortunately, like it can be an economic loss for sheep farmers because you don't you it takes kind of that that breeding potential out of that ram, although artificial insemination is an option. But it just the the Merck vet manual that I that I referenced earlier calls this homosexual behavior. It lists it under behavioral problems, which it's problematic in its own, but I understand why it is listed that way because, again, of that economic potential. But it goes on to say that it's totally normal and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way to prevent it. There's no way to change it. It just, you, sometimes you're going to get gay sheep. And I love that. I love the idea of like flipping the script on this ultra hetero macho like ram imagery and it just it's like no bro they're they're just gay like i mean they're still cool they're still like macho and badass but they're not super ultra hetero you know gayness is so often associated with like being effeminate and weak but it's just like you could still be gay and like fuck shit up that juxtaposition there of the imagery that we associate with rams with the actual like truth of the matter. I I just I love it. I something about it is just so almost heartwarming to me. I love it. And that's all I've got this week. Thank you so much for listening. In the show notes will be a link to all of the sources that I used in this episode if you're interested in that. But if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, gay or straight. I love to share this with people and talk to other people about this and discuss it. So I would love that. But that's all I've got. And I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, be well. Be curious and be gay.